Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser. A mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome into a very special Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer, and this is the most special guest I've ever had on in my entire life. And before I get to her, just a quick word here from our title sponsor, Carolyn. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year, yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. All right, our guest for these next two weeks, because we're going to do a two-parter because it's the holiday time, and the way this came about is wonderful people over at Fox Sports Radio, and a lot of people out there have said, man, we have never seen you better. We've never seen a better version of Jay Glazer. And I said, well, Rosie is really the reason why. My beautiful fiance Rosie Tennyson, she's why. And, you know, I finally, after all these years, found a partner who could really lift me up, but I feel comfortable and safe for the first time in my life. And they said, great, let's get Rosie on. I said, no, 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 I'm not getting Rosie on. Absolutely not. And they said, do you know how many people you could help and give hope to if the two of you came on and just talked about not only Rosie's life, which is unbelievable, like she's the reality show of all reality shows and the success story of success stories for all little girls out there trying to make it, but also just the hope that we can give people that it's never too late to find love and also to give people insight into what she does to help me when my crazy gets out of control, when my gray gets really dark and deep, what she does to help lift me up and to be there for me. So I am a, this better version. So this is for Don and Scott and Maury and Justin and everybody else out there who has said this is the best version of Jay Glazer they've seen. Everybody welcome my Beautiful fiance, Rosie Tennyson. 
Thank you, babe. <laughs> That's quite the introduction. <laughs> it is quite the introduction. Then move up there, Rosie. Thank you. So, Thank you so much. It, now here's what we're going to do here, right? We are going to go into Rosie's story. Then we're going to go into our story. And then we're going to go into a lot of the things that Rosie's done to help me. Before we do that, we'll leave them with one good, I think, lesson here because it's the holiday times and holiday times can get really difficult for a lot of people. So for everyone out there, for your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your child or whatever it is, I think a good lesson we could start off with is, you know, I, I posted something a few weeks ago that I was really struggling and I was really in a dark place. And what I tend to do, folks, my whole life, and I did this oh, with yeah. Rosie, <laughs> is I, because I never felt worthy of this kind of love that Rosie has with me, I have always tended to sabotage, to push everyone away because the pain of knowing it's going to go away and end is worse than it actually ending. The fear of it ending is more painful for me than it ending. So I speed up that end. You like to sabotage. I like to sabotage. I like to do things to make sure it goes away. And I've done that with Rosie. And I sometimes continually do it with Rosie. And the last time I did that to you, your answer to me was what? I just told you, hey, look, I'm not going anywhere. No matter what what happens here, how you're feeling, I'm I'm going to be here for you. Because I, I knew you were like just thinking the worst thoughts. But I was assuring you that, you know what, it's just I'm not going anywhere because then that immediately put you at ease. But you also and, convinced me of it. Where yeah. Other people may say it. So, like, convince your partner. Like, as bad as you may feel right now, I'm not going anywhere. I promise you. And that was the other thing. You made a promise. I made a promise. I promise. I'm not going anywhere. And I said, I had your back and I wasn't going anywhere. And you immediately like was like, oh, oh okay. And it like calmed you down. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to go from there. But I think when someone's like feeling that way and you're feeling like, like, you know, someone's going to bolt, you're like in one of those moods, the worst thing you could do is like pull away because right. then it's only going to make the person feel more like yeah, validate my feelings. validate your right. feelings and then more worried. And then it just keeps spiraling. But the best thing you could do is just reassure them and have their back, which that's what I always try and do. when when that happens, and the other great thing you did was when we do this, a lot of times we feel so ashamed that we do this. Yeah. And Rosie <laughs> then assured me in like 10 minutes, like, Oh, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Like we're fine. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Right. You were beating yourself up. Like he beats himself up over this stuff. And I'm like, literally like, I'm like, don't, don't like, I, I, I give him forgiveness and I get over it quick. I don't, I'm not holding a grudge. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not, I'm like, Hey, like it's, you realize it's my own pain. And yeah. I don't mean it. Yeah. Right. No, I know. And also too, I don't want you beat yourself up way more than I do. Even if it's something that in, you know, so like, I think sometimes you get in that, that rut. But I'm like, hey, man, let's let's forget about it. let's go on a walk. Let's go. Let's go to the beach or let's go do just break up the I try and break up the, the cycle, the cycle, which is really a great thing to do, because then all of a sudden, instead of like one day it was happening and you I was like, hey, let's go to Cross Creek and take the dogs or whatever. And then immediately, like within like 20 minutes, like we were fine and everything was right. good. But it what you can you can either go further into it or you can do something that breaks up the right. the the pattern. And then it just we had a great day. Right. So instead of just telling me, hey, I got your back, I'm not going anywhere. She didn't just walk away. She then said, let's go do something. Let's, let's go. Like she, she proved to me 
she wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And that that's a lifesaver. It's and you were throwing a pity party. You were like at a little pity party. Over I was there. a major pity party, <laughs> pity no doubt. Right? And I was like, hey, man, this pity party is, you know, you could stay in it, but I'm not. I was like, I'm actually going to go to the, the Cross Creek and let's let's. And go. you're coming with me. You're coming right. with me and let's break this pity party up and let's go do something like like to get your mind off. Right. It. I said, and if you want to talk about the problem when we get back, we can talk about it later. But you didn't even care, like like the yeah. thing that had happened. I remember what it was, but by then we just had like right. moved on, and and, it was just and a really good a good thing to do when someone's like feeling that way. But the other thing she did that night because the shame doesn't go away, and she realized it about me. So she gave me extra hugs that night. She gave me extra love that night. She really went above and beyond to show me she's not harboring any of these ill feelings because you start thinking to yourself, oh, they're just acting like everything's good, but then they're gonna leave. And she's going to use this against me. Right. She's going to yeah. use this against me. Right. And yeah. you made sure that I knew that it was real. And I haven't had one of those, I think, since. No. Right. No. I haven't yeah, had one I, since. No. No. But every no, time I've had yeah. one, that was a bad one. And that wasn't yeah. too long ago. But, well, I, no, I no, I had one Thanksgiving week. I got triggered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then that night you said to me, all right, what else do you need from me? Yeah. And I said, yeah. I, I just need some compassion. I, ju- I just need you. I actually said to her, I just need you to feel bad for me right now. I said, okay, I got you. And just didn't try and coach me up. And because Rosie does coach me up a lot, which is amazing. And sometimes you're in the mood for it. And sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're just like, Hey, I just want to sit in this and have my, you know, I want to just be in it. Cause you're always like a lot of times when you're fixers, you're trying to give them positive things and this and that. And sometimes people just, they just want to talk. They don't want to, they don't want a solution. They just want to get it off their chest. Right. And that's okay too. Yeah. As long as it doesn't turn a pity party. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, with that said, for everybody out there going in the holidays, know that about your partner, especially if they're going to go see family that triggers them. Again, the holiday times are hard. So a lot of times your significant other may be triggered by family or triggered by certain things or, or past loneliness or loneliness in the holidays. Or, you know, we tend to feel uh, miss, maybe miss loved ones, but just understand that all right, something else is triggering them, and make sure you don't run away, shame them, do what Rosie's done, lean into them more, be that teammate that they need, and really show them, I'm not going anywhere, I got you, what do you need from me right now, and make sure they do that for you when you need it as well, all right? Now, that was just a a little little, little, uh, appetizer (laughs) here for what we're going to do here. Now, good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear the unknown is the greatest fear of all. 
And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek. And I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rosie's story is incredible. It is incredible. And I I guess... I mean, you could, I, I jump in and I tell her story right. <laughs> uh, as much as she does. But Rosier grew up in Idaho, okay, with an identical twin sister. So Rosier, let me just give you a little background. Rosie and her sister, Renee, uh, were the Doublemint twins in the Doublemint commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie was on Price is Right as a showcase her girl. She was 14 years. You're the face of Frederick's Frederick's of Hollywood. Uh, She was on the very first ESPN2 show. I don't know if you guys remember. There's a show called Flex Appeal. The girl named Kiana. And they would have these workouts on the beach in like his (laughs) flimmiest little clothes. And all those dudes used to get up in the morning and watch his show on ESPN2. Rosie was on Flex Appeal for years. And she and her sister also did Playboy together. Her sister was the first ever black playmate of the year. So she was a pioneer. um, And that's a whole crazy story we'll get into here. But... All this, she grew up where? I grew up in a really small town called Melba, Idaho. And it's like a super, super, super small town. It's got like 300 people in the whole town. We grew up on a farm right. out, like literally out in the middle of nowhere. And 300 people like, and only two black people. Yeah, and there's, yeah, there's no, like, if you go to Idaho, there's like, no, like, like it was just very, right. like, the whole state, like, it was just just a handful of, White. like, African-Americans. Right. And, like, they all knew each other. And uh, my sister and I grew up on a farm. It was on top of the, the Snake River Canyon. It's actually beautiful. Really, really pretty. But, like, literally, there's... In the middle in, of in nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, in this little trailer house. And, um, in a little trailer house like, with seven of you in it. Yeah, we right. had uh, three older brothers. Yeah, then my, my right. uh, half brother. Yeah, so it was like a, it was a pretty full house. But um, we were always like getting into trouble and stuff like that on the farm because it was just, uh, there's nothing to do. So you just go out and get mischievous right. and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a fun place to grow up. I, I, I went to their town uh, and there was, was there a stoplight? I don't, a, I don't know if there's a stoplight. There's right. A so, stop not a stoplight. Okay. So <laughs> stop signs, not a stoplight. 
Uh, I don't remember a stoplight. I remember two bars and that's about it. And a gas station and your high school. But talk about growing up was hard though. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, my, our, our parents, like my dad was African American. My mom's was Caucasian. And so like when they got married in the fifties, it wasn't legal for a black man to marry a white woman. So they had to go yeah. to uh, Nevada and come back and like get married. And I remember growing up, like my mom, like she's got, well, by, the, by the way, let's just not throw that away. <laughs> it was illegal. This wasn't too long ago. No, it was like in the, it was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal. Black yeah. man to marry a white woman in, Idaho. in, the, state yeah, of Idaho. in, Idaho, in the state of Idaho. So they had to go to another state, which yeah. is just mind boggling. Yeah. It was, it was definitely crazy, <laughs> but my dad uh, was a farmer and we grew up on a farm and, and they were, you know, married, which was very unusual for that to happen at that time. But I remember when my sister and I would go out like with my mom and like people would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, these their little daughters are cute. Are you, you babysitting? And she'd say, no, they're mine. And then like, these people would just like look at her like, oh, my God, you slept with a black man. <laughs> it was like crazy. <laughs> and so like they, they would immediately like, you know, look at her and go the other way. But uh, so it was like something that was interesting that happened a lot there. But um, it was just a like that. My parents probably experienced it more than my sister and I did. But so you they, experienced it, but you two were just so forgiving of everyone. And like in school, you got in trouble. And what they do? Well, we would we, we were always doing like little like getting in like doing little. Well, well, what do they do? You two? They would like make you put your nose on like a little piece of tape, and then they would march the school around like to show like the kids that were being bad, like what? No, like, but they didn't do it to the white yeah. kids. They did it to you two. <laughs> Right? No, like I, there, there might have been some in there. Like, we were all, like, because, we were like all these two were so forgiving we of like, the world. We were all being, like, it's incredible. Yeah, bad. but babe, like, they didn't do it to the white kids. They did it to the two black girls. We and you were always like, ah, we now it's okay. Like, like, the trouble, though. No, babe, I'm sure a lot of people but, caused yeah. trouble, yeah. but they didn't stick your yeah. nose on the flagpole but, and march around them <laughs> and taunt them. So, but also, you know, listen, my what I look up to Rosie about so much is you guys know how hard I work. We want to talk about work ethic. Talk about what your schedule was growing up. Yeah. So my sister and I, like, we, like, were on a farm. So there you would do, like, topping corn, hoeing beets, all this stuff. Um, But we were also on track. So we, like, no hard work. Because we would get up before we went to work. And we would, before we went to school, and we would go, like, like hoe beets and then go to work. Or hoe, we would hoe go, beets and top. Court. Yeah, and top. Court, which You're is working not, in these like, fields. Farm. It is at such hard work. in the morning. Yeah, and then and then we would go. We we might even come like jogging up with our hoes because we were like going to kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> so we were just like like we were kind of crazy, but we um we would do that because that's what it you know growing up on a farm we, you do a lot of hard work. Yeah, and so like I so so it's like four thirty in the morning to seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, and then and then we or no we would get up because you have to get up kind of early to right. get there. And then we'd work a few hours. And then go to school, and then uh, that's yeah. insane. That's like yeah. growing up as kids. How much do you get paid? Not a like lot. A, it was a big, like a dollar or something. Then I think my dad kept it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we didn't even get that. So, so your dad took your yeah. money, and didn't get to have it. But yeah. but my sister and I stood up for ourselves after a while. We're like, wait a second, we want our money. So it wasn't a lot, but <laughs> and then you also you ran tra- you you were yeah we were state and track. Yeah we were we were we were in track. We did like um, hurdles. I did hurdles, long jump. Right. Uh, which state, uh, yeah, so it was fun. We were like track stars. Yeah. So you got up in the morning, you worked these fields to top corn in Hope Beach for three hours. <laughs> your dad took your money yeah. and then you went to work. Then you went to track practice yeah. and then you came home late at night. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's again, that's just a different level. But I, I, what got me about you two, and again, her sister Renee, if you look them up, the Tennyson twins, when I say they're identical, they are, I, 
identical. Rosie parts her hair on the side. Renee parts her hair in the middle, so you can tell the difference. And that's it. And that's yeah. And sometimes we're all hanging out, and I'll grab the wrong hand, and <laughs> Renee will just go wrong one, or cop the wrong butt to the yeah. wrong one, and <laughs> they look exactly the same. And they and we're the same, the same height, same weight, same everything. Same they everything. talk the same. Yeah, they say the very, same. Very similar paragraphs at the same time. They're kind of always fighting for every time, so they're saying the <laughs> same paragraphs at the same time. But it's beautiful that you guys have always had each other lean on all these years. Where again, you grew up in poverty. You grew up where you had to work harder than anybody I've ever known at that age, but you have each other. And it kind of, I love the story of you guys kind of be able to put your arm around each other and, and having early goals about what's going to be. Yeah. I remember we lived on the top of the Sacred Canyon, which is really beautiful. And uh, we would sit there and we'd see these cars like driving at night. And my sister and I, we didn't know how, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we would always say, we're going to get off this farm and we're going to go to California and be models. And we just were like always dreaming, always thinking about that. We just were just like, we're going to somehow, some way we're going to, because we knew we were like too, you know, we were like, we're too big for this farm. We don't want to be on this farm. Like, this is like, this isn't us. So, um, we were just like dreaming when we were little girls. We'd always like think about that. And then if that's eventually what happened, you, we put it out to the universe. And years later, that was, we did end up moving to LA and becoming models. Right. So, well, now before that, let's talk about how. So, Rosie, you went to Boise State, which that in itself. Yeah. I did go to Boise State. Getting yourself yeah. into Boise State. Yeah. I went to right? Boise and State. And paying for yourself. So, having this hard work and you're working at, Albertson. <laughs> I was working at this, not even, it wasn't as glamorous as the grocery store Albertson's. I was actually in the warehouse for Albertson's and I was like packing these boxes and stuff. Really uh, working yeah. on the conveyor belt. On the line. conveyor belt. From line. like an officer and a gentleman, yeah. not like, realizing that she's a really hot girl. The grocery store would have been glamorous. I was like, filling these boxes. And not only that, shift. it was like <laughs> nine at night till six in the morning. So it was night shifts too, like 40 or 50 hours a week. Right. But, and in uh, the meantime, your sister, she was dating this guy who was like, uh, he was really into Playboy and he was, they were looking, they had this contest and they were looking for this 35th anniversary playmate. So he's like, you're really, you know, you could be a playmate. You should send your pictures in. So she sends your pictures into this contest and like, they get like thousands, probably 14,000 entries. And out of those 14,000 entries, they picked 12 to become, to test to be playmates. And half when hers came through writes PMOY, which means playmate of the year. And they had never picked an African-American or girl or black girl to be Playmate of the Year ever. So it was kind of a big deal when, the, when you know, this came through. And it was like around the time, like Vanessa Williams and all this stuff. So um, she ends up like flying to L.A. Like the Naomi Campbell. Yeah, Naomi Vanessa Campbell Williams time. Like, you know, it was around that time. Tyra Banks, yeah. yeah. Not Tyra yet, Na- but Na- kind Na- of similar. But Naomi and, and right. Vanessa okay. and all those guys. So um, she ends up, you know, shooting for that. And then Hef does end up picking her, which was a huge deal because he had never, like, he just broke the color barrier. It was like, she was on Oprah and CNN and, and everyone was just like, you can't, everyone was like, a lot of people were saying, you can't pick her. This isn't fair because she's black. And he's like, it's what's not fair is that it took us this long to actually pick one. That's what's not fair. So that it was just really cool because there are certain people in your lives that change your destiny. And that was like one for us that because of that, 
choice that changed my life, my sister's life, my family's life. But you had the choice too, and you oh, said, "Yeah, actually, I, I, yeah, this is this, the, the part of the story where Tap wanted actually my sister and I both to pose because he's like, "Oh my God, there's twins! Of course, this is great." So me being shy at the time, I was like, "Oh no, no, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of shy, but you go do this, and we'll, we'll see how it goes, you know." So then she ends up winning Playmate of the Year. She gets like a hundred thousand dollars. She gets all this fame. She gets a car. She gets all this stuff. And then I, meanwhile. I know it. Everybody knows what I look like naked. Except for your sister. <laughs> my twin sister. I'm like, I get nothing. You know, I'm still over there at the, the Albertsons warehouse. But also, you're in the Albertsons warehouse, yeah. and you're, you yeah. see, yeah. You're, you pack yeah. her Playboys yeah. into, yeah. on the conveyor belt, into boxes <laughs> and stuff. Like, no. like, like, <laughs> no, but I, I was just like, I was like, wait Which a second, crazy. I made the wrong choice here. I should have, like, you know, right. I should have done it. But, um, yeah, but so, it was really so cool. Renee, so Renee ends up moving out to L.A. into the Playboy Mansion because she becomes friends with Hugh Hefner's wife, Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah, Kimberly, yes. So Kimberly kind of ran the show. It wasn't the Hugh Hefner that we all have seen these. No, these Kimberly shows was running a tight ship. No, right. Kimberly was running a tight ship. Yeah. But Hugh Hefner calls Rosie and says, Rosie. This was actually, this was later in life. Cause right. this was like later down the line. Cause he always was like, you know, wanting us to, to right. pose together, but I, I never did. So, but then he, he's, my sister sees him at a party one time and he comes up to her and he hands her this piece of paper and it says Tennyson twins. And he says, I want you two to pose in the magazine together. I've always wanted you two to pose. I'll fly you anywhere in the world if you two will do this pictorial together. So my sister and I are like, I and he did like, say, Hey Rosie, everybody knows you look yeah. like naked already. You might as well <laughs> yeah. get paid for it. Right. So, your sister. And I had been modeling and stuff by then for like, you know, I, I wasn't shy anymore. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. So it was like really full. Cause we went to Cuba. And we, well, wait, 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 let's not yeah. throw that away. Let's not throw it away. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. 
we no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rosie, still kind of, you know, not all in, says, sure, Cuba. I'll do it if you could send me to Cuba under Fidel Castro, knowing that it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> and Hugh Hefner is like, done, has these two on a plane to Cuba under <laughs> Fidel Castro, which was supposed to be a 10-day shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and talk about what happened there. Well, it's beautiful. It was a really cool place to shoot because at that time it wasn't, you know, it hadn't, there was not a lot of, you know, photo shoots or anything there, but it's it, it beautiful, though. though. It's just a really great, amazing place to shoot, but it's like a time warp. It's like in the fifties, like they got old cars and like these billboards and stuff like that. So you literally feel like you're in the fifties. You said uh, billboards are like bad about yeah, Uncle like, Sam, like and, Uncle Sam and like, yeah. the, you, you know, like them. And it's just a really weird, like, it's like a, you've just right. in a time warp. And you, and, you, what, tell, uh, and you you said the thing that stuck out most, you weren't a lot of eat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they have beautiful beaches. They're like amazing, but you don't see anybody like fishing in the, the beaches or so, which is weird. So we're like, why isn't anybody fishing? And they're like, well, it's because, you know, the fish belong to Castro. So like it was like that. Like they, so Fidel Castro, yeah, but he owned the, yeah. So it was like kind of, sea. kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. So, but the people are amazing and beautiful and it was really cool. Castro was cool with it until, until like, until he wasn't. And then like all of a sudden, <laughs> like maybe like a couple of days before we're supposed to leave, the guys, the scouts and stuff that we're with, they're kind of like starting to get a little antsy and a little they're freaked out, out because like Fidel's like, all of a sudden not down with Playboy being in his country and shooting these. Fidel Castro suddenly does yeah. not want the tennis so from in his like, country. Oh my God. They're like, we need to get you guys out of here. Cause this is like not good. So my sister and I, like we cut our trip short by two days and I, I couldn't even sleep. How'd they, they get you out? I, I can't remember where we flew out of, but we, we cut the trip short and then. Did you go through like Belize? Maybe. I, I okay. it's so long ago. I don't remember, but I believe it was Belize, but yeah. And then we just like cut it short, but the pictures like it, it, Actually, Playboy held it for a while because they right. were they didn't run because it right it away. Castro. Yeah, so they ended up running it like years later, and uh, we're fined a huge fine for running. Oh, oh, wait, 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 just don't throw that away. So he holds on to these photos of the Tennyson twins for a couple of years. Finally, posts them, and whoever the president was at the time fined Hugh Hefner, I think, a quarter yeah. million yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. quarter million dollars for sending the Tennyson tw- twins. To Cuba under Fidel Castro. Shooting, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. And their star went, phew, they're huge. But at the time, too, Rosie was, so Renee's living at the mansion, 
right? And then they invite you to come out there and live. Yeah, this is my very, this is backpacking when I first moved to LA and I came to visit Renee and I was over there at Sundries or at Albertsons working these like um, Mm -hmm. really long shifts. So I get there and I'm like, wait a second, I'm her twin. I look just like her. I could, I could actually do this. I could do this modeling thing. So I go back, I quit my job. I'm like, Hey, you guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to move to LA to be a model, which is what I did. I, I, you know, I moved there and I went to, uh, uh, to an agency and I was able to get, I just took my sister's photos to go get an agent, you know, cause we look alike. So we're twins. So I so just, she takes Renee's modeling, modeling book as her own <laughs> and gets, gets an, gets an agent, starts my, that's, you know, I, and I, gets prices, right. Yeah. And friendships of Hollywood. Well, I, I got and my own after that. You were married with children yeah. a bunch of flex yeah. appeal and did all these things. And you guys became iconic black fun. models back yeah. then. It was fun. Yeah. We right? were like, yeah, we were like, Probably one of the first, like right around the time when Tyra and, and like, right. yeah, there was a lot like Naomi and Tyra and, and, you know, it was fun. It was so, fun. so, okay. So a couple of things here. First of all, when you're living at the mansion, okay. What's it like to live at the Playboy mansion? Like all of us probably thinking, Oh my gosh, there's like orgies every day. And this and that, like, <laughs> what's it like to actually live there? How many girls were living there? At the time when they, when you're the testing for your pictorial that they fly the, um, Playmates in that were shooting the pictorial. So there could have been like two or three girls that were actually shooting, testing for the magazine. And but they're not living there. They're no, just, no, there's no, there, there's no. How there. many girls live there? Just you and Renee? Uh, at that time, yeah, there was no other. So just you and yeah. Renee <laughs> were the only ones living at the mansion with Hugh Hefner and his wife. Well, we were in the game room. We were in the other. Hey, but you're room. living at the mansion. Yeah, we were at state. Well, well I think all of us figured yeah. there's like 20 women that are living there and it's half and yeah. so it wasn't like that. No, it, was it wasn't like that. No, not because he was married at the time with Kim and Kim was like, you know, it wasn't, I mean, before Kim came along and maybe after Kim came along, I, I, I couldn't, it wasn't like it was with Kim. She was very, you know, protective. And so you couldn't really, you know, get close to yeah. her. And we, we're, we were friends with her. So it was right. like a different, a different like kind of okay. experience. All right. So how crazy were the, the parties at the mansion? Parties were kind of crazy, but, but I, I, I would always like duck out or dip out, you know, before like the crazy stuff happened, but they were, it was fun. Cause it was like, you know, when you would go to the mansion, you would actually go out like in lingerie, like you'd head out your house. Like where, like how many parties are you going to go at, like to yeah. where you're wearing like lingerie? Some people, like some girls didn't even have anything on. They were just like, it was, it was funny, but um, it was uh, just a crazy fun. How many celebs experience. did you walk in on having sex at the mansion? I mean, sister walked in on, uh, I think it was Tony Curtis. I think. <laughs> he was getting it on. Like, how old was yeah. he at the time? He was pretty, uh, like, pretty old, but he was like, he wasn't stopping him. He was getting some at the mansion for sure. <laughs> um, you also, there, there was, I asked you about the grotto and you said there was only one time that you guys went to the grotto because someone told you you had to see what was going on and you ran away. Yeah, yeah, that was, you, that was kind of crazy. That was, can we say it? I don't know if I want to say it. But, I'll say it. She but, told me that she's down in the grotto and Minnie Me started an orgy. Very you know, true. There, there was like, there was like some stuff going on <laughs> and you like, there were some players in it, but yeah, so, something you wouldn't expect that was like, I, I laughed. I was just like, wow. <laughs> but, uh, Screaming yeah. right away? <laughs> no, I did not stand. <laughs> uh, not sticking around for that. But it wasn't like, so the, the mansion though wasn't a place. But I'm thinking this is, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. But when you were living there, it, 
Was it like that or was it the opposite? You know, I think it was for people who wanted that. If you were like into that, like if you like late in the night and stuff like that. No, I mean for YouTube. No, not for us. No, it wasn't like that. Because she had rules for YouTube. Yeah, no, we had rules. You had to be in a certain time. They were like, uh, no boys, no no boys. They didn't want you drinking, no drugs. No drinking either. No, yeah, they were like very, I mean, you had, they were like very strict, very strict. So it wasn't like our experience wasn't like that. And, but I, I do believe it's a different kind of, uh, time at that time because right. it was Kimberly, they had kids. So, um, right. but I do, you know, I, I, that was, our, my, our, I can only speak from my experience, but you know, um, yeah, I think it was kind of a crazy place for sure. And I thought it was wild too. Cause I figured, you know, Hey, okay. She was there in the early days and, and Rosie and I, when we first started dating said, okay, well, look at this. I've been with certain people. You probably know, you probably been with people. I know let's kind of lay our cards on the table. And Rosie was like, no, no, your, your, what'd your brother tell you? Like you never really went with. Yeah. Actors or athletes or musicians or anything. Yeah. My older brother was like, always like, you know, he was, he would always give my sister and I really good advice. So he's like, Hey, you know, you don't want to be one of those girls who just sleeps with everybody. And, you know, and, and when they use up and out. Yeah. So he was like, be, you know, don't, don't be those, don't be those girls. So it was just good advice. So my sister, he's like, you know, work and do, you know, get your jobs and be respected. And you don't, you don't want to be those girls. So my sister and I always knew that. Plus we always had each other. So we always, were always like, respected and you know like. yeah well and then i'll like i got so like i do know like everybody was after rosie everybody renee was with somebody rosie was single but like prince was after you <laughs> was. in a big way <laughs> prince you got to tell the prince story yeah he was i and i love <laughs> prince I, I, i'm a prince fan prince fanatic but they were all after you like every every Actor in Hollywood was that. I think, yeah, they were probably after like a lot yeah. of. And Renee too, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but um, yeah. So so we go to uh bar one, this place called Bar One, and Prince is there, and, and he's got um, there's like bodyguards, and he's like got this little orange tootsie pop, and orange is the only flavor, it had to be orange. <laughs> so he um he wants to go out, you know. So at the time, I, I you know I was kind of fresh from Idaho, so I was very leery of Prince, you know, and fresh from Idaho, yeah. Prince trying to take her out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd see, you know, how he was with, you know, Purple Rain. So he asked me <laughs> out and I'm kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. So I kept saying no, kept saying no, and he keeps calling, keeps calling. So finally he's like, you know, okay, so what if I, I just take you and we just drive around the block and you just go and, and like, and listen to new music. Listen to some new music. Would you do some that? Music. He so, wants to try out new music on yeah. him that hasn't been. So you just listen to some new music. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So so I'm, so he comes over and he he's a, he's a limo and he drives. What's, what's he wearing? Uh, I don't remember what he had on. Huh. Probably like a little suit or something. So anyway, he, suit or he, jumpsuit? Or, or, uh, maybe like the jumpsuit. So he always had that little huh. outfit that he has on. Huh. So um so he takes you around the block and he says there's this new album it's gonna it's called diamonds and pearls so so like so i'm listening to this thing I'm like so you got to hear diamonds and pearls before everybody else I think, I think it's gonna be a hit i think you got a hit on your hands here it's really good. <laughs> so um so then you know so then you know like i i and that doesn't seal the deal for prince no 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 because i still wasn't trusting him i was you know, like, so, so I, I it's Prince. I, I know, I know. But okay. So, so I leave and, and I you no, try to no, leave. No, so I try to, I try to leave, but he's like, he's, he says, Hey, he's like, do you want to come back to my house and I'll make some pancakes? So I'm like, <laughs> not good. You know, so, so that's just a weird thing to say, you know, so I'm just like, whatever. So this is his line. It's a strange thing to say. So I'm like, no, I'm good. So I take off. So, so then, you know, he keeps calling, keeps calling and, and I, wait, wait, let's back up. So his line was, yeah. Can I take you back to my house and make you some pancakes? Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> what, what was your reaction when he said that though? It was, you know what? I mean, it was, it's strange thing, strange <laughs> yeah, like, I would thing say to so. ask. So I was just like, no, I'm good. 
I'm cool. So see ya. So I get out and then, you know, he keeps calling and, and and now I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, bypass this Prince thing altogether. So I pan to like, maybe like a month later, I'm this friend of mine's like a fan of, by by the way, who would ever thought a woman would choose Glazer over Prince? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hashtag something nobody would ever say. No, because I knew girls who dated him and he just kind of like messed with their heads and all that stuff. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to go there. So anyway, so I go to these clubs and I'm like, I see Prince out and I'm with this girlfriend who's a Prince fanatic. And I'm like, Oh wait, I wonder if he's mad. Cause I, you know, I haven't, I just kind of blew him out of the water. So, um, when I see him, he like looks over and he sees me and then he does like this. Which for people who can't see, like, he, he does three like, snaps, three snaps. And then he just, him and his whole entourage just leave the club. I mean, he's like mad. And so I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, so it's just like, freaking like, a, was that for me? So then I'm like, Oh, well, maybe it was a mistake or whatever. So we go, I see him again at another club. This is like maybe like two weeks later and he does the exact same thing. So he was just like, from he the broke air, Prince. Yeah. He was just mad. Like he, he broke like, Prince. No, no, he was just mad. <laughs> so, so anyway, but yeah. So he was like, uh, funny because it, like years later, I watched this Dave Chappelle show. And <laughs> did it they talk about like where prince says he's gonna make these pancakes and i just bust up laughing because it was like the thing that oh just, i remember that the Chappelle show was yeah in there? yeah it's it's totally oh really yeah. oh i totally i don't it's remember that there. Remember i remember the like, pop and i remember yeah, it's, it's, so he really said yeah. that to you wow and that was the Chappelle yeah. show yeah and that's the basketball and the, the, oh the, the, my gosh yes, i'm just incredible. laughing because i was like that's exactly what he said you know so it was funny. oh my god all right so your life then again you go on uh all right you're on price is right how was it being a showcase show? It was fun. That was because I'd always watched Prices Right as a little girl. So to be on there, and I was on there with uh, Nikki, who's right. one of my great friends. I was a uh, bridesmaid in her wedding, Nikki's earring. And um, so it was a lot of fun. He was a friend of mine. And yeah. What, so um, how was Bob Barker? He was great. Actually, was he? he was great. Yeah. yeah, he was really cool. He was actually really nice. And um, all the, every, everything, every, that was just such a fun experience. It's like a, like a dream come true. That is my beautiful fiance, Rosie Tennyson. Folks, this was the best guest I've ever had in Unbreakable. Hope you enjoy it over the holidays. I hope we have given you all some hope and some lessons for you all to walk this walk together. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 